0: Yes, that's the Bulgebreaker. Brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to Patreon.com/slashBulgebreaker today to get access to our BSBO Discord and more. Support the show. Buy us a beer or a coffee, whatever you'd like. It's how we keep the show going. We have Colin Stevenson. He covers the New York Rangers for the Newsday. He's a beat reporter. Fun time. We talk about celebrities and some other th- stuff with Colin. We talk about the Canadians game, and of course, the dreaded New Jersey Devil game, Lafreniere, and much more with Greg and I. And without further ado, let's get to Mark Messier, shall we? Here we go. Hi everybody,
1: it's Marc Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Welcome to the Bush Breakaway. I am your host Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host Greg Kaplan as we discover and go through the another week of New York Rangers hockey, where they get five points and we feel miserable. Gregory, say hello.
1: Yeah, what a hell! What a hell of a ride. Oh, the Rangers! Yeah, a week in which they beat the Carolina Hurricanes. Not just beat the Carolina Hurricanes. Look One. much the better team yes. against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, it, it's so many
0: times. It's just someone. Pete in the punch bowl every I know. fucking time. And it's like, hey, got a three. I, I knew when we had the 3-1 lead against the Devils. Like, this is going to go wrong. I'm going to turn it. You know, I'm double screening. got Liverpool. I pick up uh, on the other screen. I'm like, the okay. Most, the most impervious lead in all the professional sports, two. Two, two goals. Is, That's it. It's over. You're, you're. It's going to come back. And it's funny. I, I just, there's a lot of Lafreniere conversation. There's so much of it right now. And I, I'm not really willing to get fully engaged into it at this point. But there are some things I will talk about where I thought he had a really good game against the Devils. I thought he asserted himself a little bit as a player. And yes, he did make a mistake. And also, I think there was a non-call, at least in my opinion, on interference in the overtime. Should he be doing those things? Absolutely not. But he will be... He's getting slandered for it, where it's like, hey guys, the Rangers had a two-goal lead. It's like, like, Lafreniere in overtime not making the correct play is bad, but the Rangers as a team, as a whole squad lost that team, lost that game as a team, Goodrow gave Jack Hughes a puck for Christmas, he was like, Jack, I forgot to give you this for Christmas, let me put this on a platter, and yes, Jack Hughes is really good, like, we don't, we we don't need to say that every single time we play against him, he's very good, and he's going to make you pay, but Mika Zbigniewicz had a chance to win that game in overtime, the Raiders had plenty of chances to put that game away, and they just didn't, and they still get the point, so it still feels bad, even though I don't think it's as bad, or like, like, you know, uh, Thou Who Should Not Be Named was laughing in my mentions afterwards. I was like, dude, the the first Devils loss was way worse than this game. This one just feels bad for no reason. Like, I I don't really have a good reason for it to feel bad. So like, we lost to the Devils at, at home. That sucks. Or at home for the Devils. Sorry. Away. But that sucks. But what? I'm going to try and move on? I don't know. We beat the Hurricanes this week. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. He also had a tweet out there being like, oh, they say we're not a rival. And I was like, yeah, because are not-, not really... I'm not that upset. Not at <laughs>
0: you're, <a rival.
1: laughs> you're, you're kind of kind of proving my point. Uh, if we lo- if we lost this game in the fashion we did to the Columbus Blue Jackets, guess what? I would be just as angry. There are Don't. games
0: that we lost to the Islanders. Specifically, one where I drove to MSG during a pandemic to watch the Islanders beat the living piss out of the Rangers three nothing, and I drove home two hours to Philadelphia in silence. Yeah, that's I, a rivalry loss.
1: That that loss sucked because they lost. It didn't suck because they lost to the Devils, and I think that. Is an incredibly key difference when we're talking about what it's like to play a rival and lose to a rival. Like the Rangers lost that game to the Islanders. I, I an asylum, Ryan. I, I'd, I'd be struggling if they lost that game to the Flyers. I wouldn't be on God's green earth. I don't See, know where it's, the it's hell. It's funny. I'd I think
0: the Flyers now, because of the, the, the way they are, they're not as rivalry ridden because they're just For you. you know, they're that.
1: That, that is a youth thing, not a great thing. That's true. Uh, You're right. The city of Philadelphia, but no. <laughs> my, I,
0: my apologies.
1: I. Uh, <laughs> I I I can't say I'm sur- ever surprised by how Ranger fans react to anything because listen, they're, we're all irrational about certain things at different times. All right, so Lord knows this. I but, have a
0: theory on this. If you don't well,
1: mind. hold, but hold on. But I just okay. I just want to I just want to say that I I got I got angry, quite frankly, that like I was immediately seeing. LaFreniere and Truba takes
0: at the end of that game. Truba was awesome in that game.
1: It might have been his, easily his best game of the year in my eyes. One of his best games as a Ranger. Truba
0: and LaFreniere were both very good in that game.
1: Truba, Truba Miller was easily the Rangers' best defensive pairing. Miller, by the way, what he's oh ascending again. He's, he's finding yet another. another <laughs> he is level here. And that guy ridiculous. Is, yeah, well, he's, he's soil. He's just he's finding his oats in that offensive zone, and it's taking his game to a level that. Uh, we all knew he was capable of. We just didn't know exactly when he would get there. Can
0: actually, can I disagree? I didn't know he was capable of this. Because...
1: Oh, I, I thought I, a guy who grew up as a forward that all of a sudden changed the defense. I assumed there was something offensively he was able to do.
0: I, I, I assumed it, but I never expected it. And on top of that, I always expected Keandre's defensive game to get better. And it has. And it keeps getting better. His the, his skating keeps improving, which is ridiculous because it was good in the first place. Yeah, below his, average. Yeah, I know, I know. His puck play, his, his, the way he, he uses his body to get players off of him and, and create space for himself and create space for, for Igor. Great. Awesome. That all I thought was coming. But his offensive touch with no power play time is a story I do not believe we've covered at all. And it's been ridiculous.
1: It's it's fantastic. Anyway, th- just to put a bow on my point, mm-hmm. uh, Truba was great. Uh, listen, when you're going up against guys like Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes, you have to be perfect. And I cannot fault an NHL player for not being perfect. Um, Truba, you are going
0: to get beat by superstars.
1: Jesper Bratt shot a puck to th- 7,000 miles per hour. Like, <laughs> what do you want? I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not standing in the way of that, bitch. Like, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not blaming anybody, but like, the Lafreniere stuff was funny to me because it's like, oh, well, he made the turnover the lead to the game when he goal. Yeah, it shouldn't have been an overtime. So no. like what? It- Whatever
0: happens in overtime, no. it, it shouldn't have gotten And a minute and a half earlier, Mika Sabinajad does like what I could only describe as a mission impossible move. Well, not mission impossible, I'm so sorry. Top gun move. I'm confusing my Tom Cruise. Where he like goes around a mountain and comes out the other side, but instead he just skates in a circle and gets in front of three devils players somehow, some way. Yep. And he has it's just him and the goalie and he doesn't score. And I'm not blaming Mika Zabinajad. but I didn't also didn't see one single person go, damn, this game should have been over. Mika should have scored. Because if Lafreniere doesn't make that mistake, do we all just pile on Mika? Is it yeah, just the last thing here's we the saw? Thing, though,
1: like I'm, I don't even really want to call it a mistake. He he made an error out of aggression trying to get his team a win. Like those are the mistakes I am super super comfortable with. I have no problem with a player trying to do too much in the matter in, in an overtime setting in which they are trying to make a play to win the game. Great, I'm all for it. I don't want my players to ever. Play conservative in a three-on-three overtime. That that is that's we're already here. Like fucking go for it. I'd, I'd much rather lose a game making an aggressive error than lose a game in a shootout.
0: Just, so what you're saying is he made a mistake. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, made a I'm, mistake. I'm glad you said that because oh, I have yeah. a quote. <laughs> oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> from, from Gerard Gallant. Um, this is from uh, this is from Pittsburgh. Cargillano's Twitter, by the way. Uh, Drug land reinstated his preference for moving Goodrow up in close games. He re- replaced Krabsoff uh, as the third person on Saturday. Awesome! It's not about Krabsoff. It's about Barkley Goodrow being a hell of a player. I'm more, I'm going to move him up from time to time, whether it's for Krabby or somebody else. And then he brought up the turnover, you know, the one where he gave Jackie was that Christmas present for late. Um, he made a mistake the other night. Good, uh, Gigi said, big deal. People make mistakes. Oh, huh. Gerard. <laughs> I think we should no. sit down, buddy. And we got to no. talk for the third straight week. Fifth straight it's week? Eighth straight week?
1: It's a mistake. If, if it's a mistake, if it's a guy he likes, it's not a mistake if it's a child. It's just that simple.
0: I know. And that's just... Uh, I, we don't have to do the full conversation, but it's just worth to bring it up where it's... It's unbelievable. If, if Kako makes something like... like Kako made a mistake in that Devils game, and he actually got moved down for a shift where Goodrow got moved up because he took that, Kako took that penalty. No, I... Up. See...
1: I'm pushing back on that. Kakko was out there by the end of the shift. Goodrow was just out there because it was a defensive zone faceoff Bear. in a very close game. Bear. So, like, I- I'm going to keep pushing back on that one. That's just us trying to be angry for a reason. Yeah, I'm hacking
0: we, you, Crow, on that.
1: Yeah, like if if people want to disagree with the strategy of putting Goodrow out there because he's worried they can't win a faceoff and he wants a more defensively minded forward out there. Like, you, I, I get it, um, but it, at least. At least that kind of move, I understand the strategy because there is a strategy. Is it one I think is good? That's another question, but I can at least sit here and say there was strategy. It wasn't just him being an idiot like normally, uh, like any decision he makes in regards to fucking Ben Harper. And well, I feel, by the way, well, we'll
0: get to Ben Harper in just one second, yeah. but I do, I do want to get, I do want to say this. I do feel like it's important. We don't hate Barkley Goodrow. He just happens to be the person that we have to talk about in these situations. Because he's the player I we, we believe is the perfect fourth-line player who elevates that line and does exactly what he's supposed to do when he's down there. But he just also is the coach's pet in these situations. Well,
1: so Colin Stevenson's on the show today. He makes the funniest Great reference guest. I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, sure. <laughs> but we we talk about this a little bit where, like, all right, you right, again— it's a situation in which we can understand the reasoning. If it's a close game, late in the game, uh, you want a more veteran, more defensively responsible forward playing in the Kravtsov spot. I get it. I, I still think it's a playing not to lose mentality, but you could say it's like you know you're shortening the lineup, and you want your you have enough offense in other places. Absolutely, uh, with the likes of Mika, with Kreider, with Kako even with the third line of, of Hiedel and Lafreniere, like you're not hurting for offense. Offense is plenty there. So if you want to call up the more defensively responsible forward and replace a more offensively creative forward, um, if you're doing it with the lead, that's fine. But the question I asked, I asked Colin, and I'll ask you this is if you're making that move, why isn't Jimmy Vesey? Is I guess the theory is he doesn't want to disrupt two lines. So he doesn't want to move a guy up off the uh, third line and a guy up off the fourth line. If he's shortening to just three lines, he's trying to only disrupt whatever rhythm, whatever flow you get in one line instead of two. But there's no question that if we're just doing, I want my nine best forwards forwards playing my most leveraged minutes, VC should be getting minutes over, Goodrow, if you're trying to shorten the lineup. What are
0: we doing? He should be, and he's earned that. We talk meritocracy, right? He's earned that, right? Uh-huh. Where it's just, first of all, just sign the contract, of which we didn't even bring up on this show because we did it on OT. If you want to get OT, you know, you know how to get it, right? Patreon.com. Nice plug. Uh, but Jimmy Vesey signs that three-year contract extension or two-year contract extension on top of this year uh, for an absolute bargain price, and he's earned it. He's been one of the best defensive forwards the Rangers have had, and I don't think it's particularly close. He's responsible. He has an offensive upside. He's been the better player. Uh, I just think that the Goodrow, and Colin references this later, like the rings culture knows how to win situation wins out for him. G- Goodrow's underlying numbers are hashtag not so good this uh, this season. But that also is, I, I you know, I am an eye test guy. There are plenty of times where Goodrow makes great things happen whether it's offensively or, or he does the right thing on defense. He's in the right position. He does the dirt quote unquote dirty work that other players are doing, but it is, it is funny to me that I, I just think VC is the better fit right now, but it, that's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is the hypocrisy of the ridiculous coach that is totally cool. to just say Goodrow, just put up the absolute poo-poo platter for Jack Hughes right in front of him. And all of a sudden, like that's totally cool. Everybody makes mistakes but other players make mistakes and boy, they do not get the chance to take redemption the same way.
1: Yeah. And I'll be honest, like, yeah, Goodrow mm-hmm. make the mistake and it bothered me for sure. It led to a goal, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm fine. Not punishing a player that like that's, I just wish we weren't punishing players. So if you don't want to punish Barclay Goodrow, that's great. It just makes you even angrier at the coach that like he it's pick and choose. It, it's I, I get it. Like, that's a great quote. I want my coach to say those things. I wish he would use that logic when handling other players in this lineup. I, and it, and for Goodrow himself, like, he's going to probably do more good than bad. So again, if he makes one mistake, fine. I, I, that's all right. The Rangers are a good enough team where I expect them to be able to overcome one mistake of a player, for sure. Uh, but... I, it's just the inconsistency, and it's again, it's inconsistency at the coaching level that makes me more nuts than anything else. Uh, and and just say this about Goodrow, like we hate the contract.
0: We've made that abundantly clear. Yeah, we we the first date was signed. We were like, we were like, what? Yeah, not a-, a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Still,
1: still a fan of the player, like the I, player. I still think he does more good than bad. I still want that kind of player in my bottom six, especially in a playoff series. I feel a lot better having Barclay Goodrow on my roster than I don't. I just wish I wasn't paying him 3.6, and I wish he wasn't under contract for six years. And I wish the Rangers went out there and found the next Barclay Goodrow like they did with Jimmy Vc this year. None of those things happened. But if I live in the one-year vacuum, I think I'm going to be happier than upset that he's on my roster come playoff time. And I think that's the point Colin was making as well.
0: Yeah, it's I'm not upset that he's there. It's just he ends up being the answer a lot of the time. He's the answer to the quiz when he's not supposed to be the answer, almost always. And, and, and in the long term, and I think you and I think long-term thinking, and Jarrett Glant's not thinking long-term. He's thinking game by game. How do I win every single game? I'm only thinking about the next game. But you and I will be here covering this team, who knows how long, or I will be, everybody else listening to this will be following the team until the day they die. So you're thinking about the long term of like how this... Affects kraftsov how this affects lafreniere how this affects Kako. We're I know I understand that Barclay Goodrow's got four years left, but we're never going to talk about Barclay Goodrow development. We're only going to talk about decline because of the stage of his career. It's just funny that we he's it, always him that it, it's going to come back to every single year. There's always that player we end up having to harp on. And speaking of which, we'll talk about Ben Harper right now. Um, he, he I boy that was rough. That
1: was bad. It was That's bad. That, it's like it, it's he, one of those things where um. If you're flying a plane, Ryan, and mm-hmm. for some reason that plane loses an engine, you can keep flying the plane for a while. You, Just you a could, little, you can glide around. You could, you could. Uh, hell, you could probably even get to whatever your destination is if you got there at a certain point in time and you were far enough in your journey that you know you you, you can you can get to where you're going. But you wouldn't take off with a busted engine. Um, and the Rangers were flying around, having a grand old time with their busted engine. Didn't think of it much of a problem. And all of a sudden they get getting a little bit of a storm. A couple <laughs> clouds come in the area. Yeah, all bad. of a sudden, you need to uh, use a little bit more power and energy on the plane. And you try to push a couple buttons to get that power and energy. And et, voila, Ryan. Uh, all of a sudden, not having an engine on your plane becomes a real fucking problem. I have never. Now, we have covered a lot of bad defensemen. For the New York Rangers.
0: I can't believe it because we're gonna call for Lieber Hayek to be back in at the end of that, this. But, continue. but that
1: is the that's the thing. Like we've talked about Lieber Hayek, we've talked about Jack Johnson, we've talked about latter career, Mark Stahl, Dan Girardi. Uh we talked about Kevin Klein at the end. We talked uh, about Klein's Brendan good. Smith. At the end he was bad. It, it
0: we don't remember it as well because You know what? We- can we can we stick up Kevin Klein for a second? Because I had this thought the other okay. day. I was just driving around. This the fact that Kevin Klein retired randomly and then his salary went off the books. Isn't talked about enough. Continue. <laughs> Do you think it was random? It was not random, but it yeah. it it's not like I, I would thought that would should be something that other fan bases would bring up be bring up as cheating for a very long time. Oh, the Rangers
1: stink. N- so why would you bring it up as cheating?
0: It was cheating.
1: Yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> anyway, continue. Anyway, yeah, we've talked about a lot of bad defensemen. I have never in my life seen a defenseman play an individual game as poorly as Ben Harper did. Holy fucking shit. And this is why, honestly, for me, it became a little bit of uh, a reckoning on advanced metrics and game score because you look at anything. And, yes, Ben Harper was rightfully the last person on all of those lists. And that's good. That's great. That's that's deserved. But because he was so bad that Braden Schneider was the second worst player on the ice according to that game. And that's just not fair. I thought Braden Schneider had a fantastic game. Because he was playing for two, he he had to do fucking everything. How many? Right. It's I am not exaggerating. Was it four two on ones that were the result of Ben Harper being do on think, the ice? Do
0: you think when they went to dinner late that night, and uh, Schneider went over to Ben Harper and took his plate, and he goes, "I'm eating for two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: it would be it would it would be justified. If I, I was it. Ben Harper, I would be not going out to dinner with those guys, and I'd be like, you know what? I'm calling in an early night. Don't think I deserve to. Uh, be out there in the wilderness with you fine boys right now. But yeah, I, I, uh, holy shit. Like it, I, you and I have been beating the Trump for God knows how long about the Rangers needing a defenseman. And there is a part of me that is at least a little happy. We finally saw this game from Ben Harper because far too many people were getting really comfortable with the whole, you know, the Rangers haven't really lost that much Harper in the lineup, blah, blah, blah. By the
0: way, I, 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 just to say this not not a lot of people have said that after that game yeah, which is mind boggling well to the me. game was that fucking bad right <laughs>
1: and it's it's just like if anybody <laughs> why
0: are we Lafreniere? Harper is right I know Lafayette. Harper is nobody comparatively to Lafreniere. Lafreniere is number one overall pick but Ben Harper oh my goodness yeah but you know a big reason why the Rangers lost that game because they
1: played the entire game with five defensemen and then they actually just played the game with five defensemen when it mattered most almost like you need six of them to keep everything balanced and give guys some time off the ice like I, I said it I said it on the stream that we did on playback on Saturday, uh, with our buddy Jeff and our buddy Tom Hertz And I was like, I cannot believe that in the year twenty twenty three, I am going to say on a podcast that it is unacceptable for the Rangers to have anybody but Lieber Hayek at the lineup. Right <laughs> and, and Ryan, I a thousand percent mean it. Like that game I, was so you. Fucking terrible for like that game was so bad for Ben Harper, I don't think he can have a career anymore. Like, he's not a hockey player. Oh, Von Wilde had know a chart that like, was like, Yeah, he's, a he's a negative not, he's, sixty war.
0: Yeah, he's was. not a professional hockey player. <laughs> well, he has to do something else. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm with you. And the Libra Hayek thing is like what when I when I can say first of all, Libra Hayek nhl All Star Vote tweeted today, hashtag NHL All Star Vote and tweet Libra hayek get him to there. I don't think he'll win, but we're gonna try. Um when I'll, we legitimately, I'll do it, it mid podcast right now. When we legitimately mean it, and it's not a joke, it's not ironic. We're he should be playing. Jones is not coming back up this year, and I actually agree uh, with. We'll talk about Colin later. He's probably not well suited for that sixth line defenseman or sixth sorry third line defenseman left side or sixty whatever you want to call it.
1: Yeah, and, and, and what Colin is saying, Colin is saying. I mean, I, I you can listen to that part and come away with whatever what you thought Colin was trying to say and I don't think Colin much cares for Zach Jones that's neither here nor there um, that's a conversation <laughs> for a different day but we've talked about this on the show as well okay the Rangers have Gerard Gallant as their coach you have to accept it he's not going to play a style you like and he's not going to utilize players in the way that you like like Gerard Gallant's going to do stuff where he thinks moving Barclay Goodrow up is good and sitting Vitaly Kraftsoff is down late in the games where you can't argue that Kravtsov can keep playing. That That's you're, that's not even an argument he would consider. The argument has to be, why isn't he bringing up the more defensively responsible forward this year to do what he hopes Barclay Goodrow does at does Jimmy Vc right? So it's you have to understand the argument you're actually having. So the argument we're having when it comes to the third-pairing left-handed defenseman, Zach Jones does not fit the model of player the New York Rangers can employ at the third left-handed pairing D because that's not the model of player Gerard Gallant will utilize. Same thing happened to Niels Lundqvist. We would like to live in a world where Niels Lundqvist, Brad Schneider could coexist. It's not how the Rangers want to play the bottom pairing. That's why they made the move for Patrick Nemeth. It's honestly why they keep holding on a bit to Lieber Hayek and it's why they brought in guys like Jared Tenorti and Ben Harper. So you have to find, you sadly have to find the type of player like those guys that can be best utilized and efficient for what Gerard Gallant wants that player to do so it's not about going out and getting the best defenseman it's about finding a guy like Justin Braun who is just a big fucking dude who sits at home plays defense in his zone and tries not to give up a lot of offensive chances he's not going to give you any offense he's not going to put any offense on the table but he's also not going to sacrifice any offense in the defensive zone so we have to go about finding that guy because if we don't go finding that guy. I got news for you. They're just going to keep playing Lieber Hayek and Ben Harper. That, it's just that simple.
0: Yeah. And I think they're gonna, that's all that's going to happen until that trade happens. Uh, let's get to some five-star questions. Then we'll get to Colin. Uh, if you want to leave a five-star question on the show, you can go to Patreon. It's time to our Discord. We have a five-star question Discord. We read them from there. This is from Nuggies 12 Was there a more exciting sports moment in 2022 for New York fans than Panarin's OT goal in Game 7? I got shit on a New Year's Eve party for being my personal most exciting moment over pro- over promotions, job change, and getting a new apartment. <laughs> okay, first, uh, it, let me finish the question. But I don't think it was close. I was speaking as a Yankee Ranger and unfortunately Knicks fan. Okay, here's the deal, C-Duggies. I know it was your most important moment, but you cannot say that around your loved ones. <laughs> you have to tell them a lie. You have to say, no, the thing I did with my family was the best moment. It's emotional. But you could. You know, in your heart of hearts, Panarin Game Seven was the answer, and that's okay. <laughs> do
1: you okay to answer? So, in your New York sports, you're a New York sport neutral in every other sport, so you can. I am. Do you think Panarin was the biggest New York sport moment of the year?
0: Uh, it's either that or the Aaron Judge home run. I I, I feel like the Aaron
1: Judge home run happening in Toronto was a real wet fart.
0: It did kind of. And I'm not taking away anything from Aaron Judge. I'll take some
1: things away. The guy makes a lot of money. What do you want me to take away? i
0: got the bag. He can pay me if he wants. Yeah. Uh, I think think if it happens, I I felt like his home run before the one where he broke it was a bigger deal. I don't know how that's possible, but it
1: was. Because it happened at Yankee Stadium?
0: Yeah, that's probably why.
1: Um, ah, God,
0: it's tough. 'Cause not the Mets, sorry, you know no, well was...
1: first of all the Mets the Mets seven run comeback against the Phillies <laughs> in Philadelphia is very high on the list. And Daniel Volga scoring from first on any baseball is very high on the list. <laughs> That's um, third for me, yes. It's amazing. I just every now and then I find myself I have it saved on YouTube or on it, Twitter. I just it, I go find the, it's him running the bases to Chariots of Fire is my favorite thing in the world. It's
0: not the Knicks because nothing I mean they lost no, they out stunk. on Mitchell yeah, they and I mean it's definitely not the but last I, last I don't know, it's tough because like
1: yeah, it's a happy moment. Um, to me, it's, but it's like, it's a happy moment buried in a, a postseason that I, it's hard for me to have like truly, truly happy, spectacular, happy feelings about. Like it's kind of in the category of the indie catch for me, where if the Rangers went on to at least make the cup, I have such happy memories of that Panarin winner. But then it's like, yeah, they blew a two nothing lead in the Eastern Conference final. Like, I'd rather not think about the playoffs for the most part objectively it's hard to name a New York sport moment that was better. Um, but I've, I would still probably say my sport moment was the seven run comeback.
0: Of course it was for you. Well, yeah, I mean, it buddy, it happened
1: in Philadelphia. It really shoved it up their ass. It was just, that's everything I've ever wanted in my life.
0: Uh, I, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I think, that's a fair answer for me in terms of like the last couple years at least in Ranger moments the, step, the Derek Stepan goal is, is the all time. Yeah, but I mean, so here the thing about the Stepan
1: goal too is like that was a fifty fifty series where you go into it and you hope the Rangers win, but you're not entirely confident the Rangers will win. And it was another thing of like again, it, it's you know, how I say I'm not upset about Lafreniere making a mistake in overtime. It's like I'm. Very I was very excited, very happy that Artemi Panarin won that game, but how the fuck did we have to go to seven games to beat the Penguins? So like I know. Every when you if, again it's like a vacuum versus large scope here. The vacuum, yeah, that's a great moment. It's very exciting. But the vacuum the, the
0: large scope is like, Jesus fucking Christ. Luis Domingue was in goal and we went to seven games? <laughs> now, he's our, now he's our that was our AHL goalie. Um uh, this is from TSC one two three one. 1 the Rangers keep both the both firsts they have at the moment. It feels like they won't get a big fish worth of first at the deadline. They may need to force the issue if they continue to sit on the bubble. Um, I think they'll keep one. I don't think they'll trade both. I think they'll trade one for either a forward or a defenseman at the de- close to the deadline. They need the kinda, They know they need a the defense. Vince kind of hinted at this today that they're probably not big fish shopping, that they're rather looking for a bunch of small pieces similar to last year. Which I think is probably the right move, by the way, for the Warriors.
1: yes, they're they're messing it up
0: in a I, good way. This, is, this I have very little bad to say about Chris Drury outside of his start and uh, of tenure. Like I wasn't the biggest fan of the Trocheck signing, but I get why he did it. I understand. You can even I get
1: the Barclay signing. Like I, I understand it. Would I have done it? No, but like. The logic is there. I I understand the thinking behind it, uh,
0: and that's within like the first two months where I uh, like with Drury, I give him the passes. He traded Bushnevich, He signed. But even even uh, Butch again, like
1: horrible trade. And I, we, you but and I, know it was a dump. I know. They 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 uh, the mistake. Journey made was thinking he had Eichel. That was the
0: mistake he made. He he legit. We talked about it a million times. He he knew he or he thought he did. That yep. was it. Uh, toaster daddy, great name. Is Jimmy BC a future NHL coaching great? No. Agreed. He's not one of those players like, that we talk about. I know why he's asking this question. We talk about players that find a way and work their asses up to come there. is just not that guy. You know who I, I think he is, to though? One
1: day. Like, we shit on him all this time. I think Barclay Goodrow is going to make a really good NHL coach. I do, too.
0: It's sickening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I do, too. Like, if the Rangers gave him a six-year deal because he's only going to play four of those years, and the next two years he's actually just going to be the coach, I'm fine with that. Oh, Yeah. Goodro's, there's a lot
0: of good to Goodro.
1: Stroker. Yeah, I mean, four um, letters of a seven.
0: I know. Blazer oh, good. 1722 asks I hate the difference of time on ice between PowerPoint um, 1 and 2. Your, your lips to God's ears. <laughs> PowerPoint 1 spends about 90 seconds on the ice, two to three zone entries, and leaves like one attempt on the second unit. I can understand if PowerPoint 1 is smothering the ozone, but it doesn't make sense when they have two to three zone entries multiple times. Personally, I'd like to see even more power time for PowerPoint 1 and 2. Would it make sense to remove players like Kreider and Trocek down to the third line to bounce it off, balance it out for time on ice and bump players like Laff and Heedle up to power play one? Listen, yes, it would make sense. And it would make sense to try these things. they just never going to happen. It's never not your fault. Happen. And I,
1: all these conversations will remain really tough because it's like four of the five guys on power play one, you're really going to make an argument for them not being on power play one? And then you're really going to make an argument that your team is better served by not having Panarin, Fox, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and Vincent Trocek out on the ice as much as humanly possible. Like, it's hard. I Would I like to see the kids get more power play time? Absolutely. But as soon as I say that, it's like, wait, hold on. Am I saying that Zibanejad, Kreider, and Panarin should only get fucking 45 seconds to establish something in the offensive zone. And then what happens if they do establish themselves in the offensive zone, a lot of these power plays, they're in the offensive zone for not, all the 90 of those seconds. So it's like, I don't know, man, it's just really hard. It, it's sometimes like, we're the guys that say, just play your best players. And the Rangers are doing that with the power play. So it's, it's tough. It's fucking tough.
0: Two more questions or three. It looks like <laughs> David, I won't happen because we are win now slash Dolan. But if the Rangers were to get a proven playoff winner, who had to grind out, grind out to get a hundred percent of his and his beloved by ownership fan slash team? Would Adam Graves be the New York Rangers version of MLS with the Habs?
1: What? Like Adam, he's saying like, is Adam oh, Graves the coach? They would never hire Adam Graves. Also, are we sure that Adam Graves, like, wasn't he a first round pick? Why am I
0: thinking he was a first round pick? I'm, I don't know, but I'm, they wouldn't hire the, Adam Graves. They're very close with Adam Graves, and I don't think. I don't think he wants to coach. I don't think he wants to coach at all. By the way, Adam Graves been one of the nicest people on earth.
1: Uh, Adam Graves, who was born on April twelfth. One day after Gregory, us uh, twenty second overall pick. Not exact. Like Martan St. Louis was undrafted. You, you're you, like that's why it's more Goodrow than anybody else.
0: Yep, this is for Bradley. I asked earlier this year, and Ryan asked me to bring it back up later in the season. Now that we're halfway through. Which Western Conference teams do you guys feel confident the Rangers could beat in a seven-game series? Okay, let's do which Western Conference teams they couldn't beat Vegas. in a seven-game series. I don't think uh, we could
1: beat Vegas. Like a fully healthy Vegas?
0: I, I'm with you. And I actually think that's where the list ends.
1: I would... I mean... The Avalanche, you're, you're saying, you're, But you're healthy saying avalanche. that about the Avalanche just because of who's in goal, I'm assuming?
0: Yes. Yes. But I think a healthy Avalanche team and a healthy Golden Knights, those are the only two teams the Rangers couldn't beat in a seven-game series. Everybody else, they beat. Yeah, They beat the, the Kings, they terrible. beat the Kraken, they beat the Flames, they beat the Oilers. They beat the Blues, they beat the Wild. they beat the Jets, they beat the Blues. Jesus Done. Christ. Have it's you been bad.
1: enjoying as many, boy, this JT Miller guy sure seems like a piece of shit stories we've been seeing
0: recently. I have, because uh, because you and I, from the top of mountains last year, when all these rumors were that JT, JT Miller should be a ranger again, we were like, oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a terrible idea. And then with Brooks, who I, I love dearly and click his articles within seconds of posting, was like, they need a, to sign a guy like JT Miller to a long-term extension. My dude, it's in year one, and it's a disaster.
1: The disaster. It's hard to imagine it going worse. Also, did you think it was cute, all the Canucks fans that were like, ooh, can we trade for Lafreniere? Uh, yeah, you
0: can. Give me Elias Petterson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd do that trade. I would do that trade, by the way. I'll do,
0: i do that trade right now. Yeah. That's not even a good question. You can have Lafreniere. Give me yep. Petterson. Hey, hey, we'll, why we'll buy the day.
1: boat when you can buy the mystery box? Yeah,
0: go ahead. I'll take Pettersson. We're good. Enjoy. Um this is from Exo. From what you've seen so far, do you prefer Panarin playing with Heedel or Trocek? Who is your preferred right-wing option with either seed choice? I... I think they have to make it work with Trocek, but I prefer Hedl.
1: I prefer... I mean, as crazy as it sounds, and again, I want to make it clear, mm-hmm. I absolutely love everything Kreider, Zibanejad, and Kako are doing. And if they want to stick with those three the rest of the season... That first
0: line is fire.
1: That's wonderful.
0: Yeah, very good.
1: At the same time, I like it better with Panarin. Uh, I'm... I like Zibana, Jed Panarin Because I, I Colin brings it up too And I know you said it as well And I didn't Really chime in But I was thinking the same thing Where like I thought that kreider Trocheck VC line Was the best third line The Rangers have had Since the, the Fucking Benoit-Pouliot line
0: Yeah it's true You're gonna rest the over there What the fuck I think the cops are gonna get me Holy shit Like are they in the room with you yeah, that I'm streaming illegally or something is what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus how'd they Christ. How'd they find me? I have a VPN. Well, um, they did. All right, yeah. Someone is... I hope everything's okay. So, yeah. I think that's... Uh, I agree with you totally. I, I'll be honest. I,
1: I like... I hope I don't hope someone's dead, but Jesus Christ, <laughs> to justify it.
0: It was particularly very loud. That was um, fucking loud, man. It wasn't. I. I that I, was.
1: Do you remember the time when I lived in Cahos? We were starting to record a podcast. I don't know if we hit record yet. And uh, the power. I saw the power outage coming before it came. Yes. So the last yes. words you heard me <laughs> saying on the podcast were just no. <laughs> Because the building across the street lost the power first, yeah, and it was just like this rolling wave yes. of blackness coming right in my face, and I was just like, "Oh god, here we go." That happened
0: to me once too, where I couldn't get the podcast up for like two days because my computer wouldn't boot up because my house had no power. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. I had to take my computer to work and uh, build it there.
1: That was that was. I don't know. That's it is said that that is a core memory for me now. But like, I remember everything about that night because I just I saw all the lights go out in the building in front of me, and I was like, "This is going to be good." No, nope, not
0: good. All right, let's get to our guest, Colin Stevenson. uh, We're going to transition over to him. Colin's great from Newsday. Awesome reporter. Funny on Twitter. He says to follow him. He's very funny. All right, so let's transition over there. Transition. The NFL player picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action's so good, why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? Listen, I think there's a lot of fun games this weekend. I, I would probably bet I would do a nice little parlay action. I'm a sucker for parlays. You know, you've seen the, the BSB parlays, right? So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code BLUESHIRTS. That's blue shirts. New customers can get bet five dollars on the NFL and get two hundred and fifty in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKingsportsbook.com with code Blue Shirts. That is code Blue Shirts, like Blue Shirts Breakaway. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Back to the show. Hey, we're back with our first guest of the day. We have Colin Stevenson of Newsday. Colin, you've been on the show before, but I believe it was pre-pandemic days. Have we is did we that miss it? Right? Did we miss anything? I think it was like 2018 or some shit, like a long time ago. Come
2: on, man. Like, call me. What are you doing?
0: (laughs) We're around, you're right. You're right, we should've done this sooner. My apologies. Um, Come on, man. Don't do me like that. I won't, and I won't do you like that because I'll start with a good easy question. A couple weeks ago you said, I'm not tweeting about celebrities anymore and you really haven't since. Is that, is it over for you?
2: Well, it's it's not really, you know, here's the thing. Like with the garden, like Everybody that walks in there that is an actor gets put up on the on the screen, and like a lot of them are are people I don't know. So, <laughs> well, it's not that I'm not tweeting about celebrities. I mean, you know, when John Franco's there, or, or <laughs> oh my god, do you, he... John,
0: Colin, do you know the story? No, what story? What okay. is the story? With John real, real, real quick, I fucking hate that you said that. Uh, John Franco is like. It's a jo- it's a group in my my whole friend group where uh, it's a joke in my whole friend group. There, people get me John Franco autograph signed things all the time because as a kid, I was walking out of City Field, and John Franco was there again. I was like eight. He was uh, talking to some lady or his wife or whoever it was. It was something serious, and I asked, "I was like, hey, John Franco, can you sign my ball?" And he pretty much told me to get out of his face. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> he, he had other things going on. I
1: so, I just, Ryan, I want for the record. I need it on the record. I have done a lot of, a lot of mischievous things yes. to, to poke fun at you and joke at your expense. I did not ask Colin to bring up John Franco.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you did it. So I wanted to give you the background there. That's why it's so funny when you bring up John Franco. Because one time before I had a podcast a long time ago, John Franco was hosting on WFEN with uh, Joe and Evan, I believe. And I right. called in and tried to tell him the story and they hung up on me. And like, I've had like a, I've had a vendetta against this man my whole life. Wow. That's, that's, oh, that's a sad story, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We've tried to have him on the show. It has not worked.
1: <laughs> oh man, uh, Colin, to, to your point though, um, is the problem that celebrities we would actually know just aren't going to sporting events. Like, David Harbour's at a lot of Ranger games. We know him. Connie Britton is at a lot of Ranger games. We know her. Dable
0: Dable's coaching though.
1: Dable so. Dable is there. But like to your point, I feel like MSG's having a hard time bringing in anybody above the B level these days. Why? Why? Yeah. Do, is there? Is, what? What are we missing? Is are is hockey just not cool enough for the kids?
2: I guess I don't know. Like you know, what I really got excited. I got excited when Sansa Stark was there. Nice. And she like chugged a glass of wine, and it would like dripping all it. down her face and everything. And I was really excited about that. But then some of these people, like yeah, they're good looking people and they're young people, and uh, but I don't know them. I mean they they're on some obscure TV show that you know. I mean maybe I need to watch more TV. I suppose no, I mean, you that, don't. That, that could be you, the problem.
1: I'll, t- I'll tell you, Connor, I, I, Colin, I can't recognize a single person. Where if the show is on CW, it doesn't exist to me. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. All right, let's get to covering the team at least a little bit um, for this first this first half. We're halfway through the season. Rangers are on pace for 100 points. I wish right. sure the, the team had, hey, listen, things are good. The Metro's hell that we all agree there. Has um, there been a vibe change around the team, at least from your perspective, for the last like, 15, 20 games? Since the helmet, yes. the helmet throw with Jacob Truba, yes. So, there's there's two things that you
2: would point to, and that the helmet throw was clearly one of them, and that's the one that most of the players point to, right? Um, that Truba got them started, he had two fights in that game, and he just, you know, he had had enough. And, and so, they, you know, the players themselves will point to that moment as where it all kicked in for them. I like the moment where Igor came in, uh, you know. It was after the Devils game, the first Devils game, and they had. You remember, they had they had blown that three nothing lead against Edmonton in the third period, and then they they took a two nothing lead against the Devils, like three minutes into the game or something, and then they lost. And you know, we were doing our regular uh, post game, and I I went to the PR staff. I said, you know, is there a chance we could get Igor? And Igor was showered and dressed and, you know, ready to go. But he had something to say, I guess. So he came in and he talked to us. And he said, the goalie played like shit again. Or something like <laughs> – something to that word. Set. Right. I could say shit on your podcast. Oh, right? or you
0: can say whatever you want, dude. You're good. Right.
2: No, I, I I took the liberty of saying it. I figured you guys would be cool with that. We're good. He said, he said the goalie played like shit again. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, and he said something about I'm ashamed, right? And we all knew – you guys watch the team as much as I do. You, you know he was good, but he wasn't last year good, right? Up until that point, and I think he's been better since that day. And so, I so that's the point that I look at as as the bigger, you know, as the bigger turning point. Even though that was like two games, I won't say two games earlier, right? Because well, no, it was it was probably right about the same time because they, that was the Devils game and they lost, and then the St. Louis game was the next game. So it's either one of those two points. Um, that, uh, you know, that you can point to as a turning point. I like the Igor one more than the helmet-throwing one. But either one would work just fine because they've, you know, they've played a lot better. And as they've played better and as they've gotten luck, and, and look, Galantis pointed out, too, you know, they've gotten puck luck that they weren't getting, you know, prior to that. I mean, you remember how many posts they were hitting? And
0: oh, my God. Just
2: all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, like, at, at one point, I think Valaket had, like, some stat that said that Trocek had was leading the league in in post hit or something like that or something crazy, you know. So they were going through that, but now they they started getting a little bit of luck, and then you know, and then it started to get some confidence, and everything snowballed and and so it, you know, yes, there's been a definite change in that. You talk to them now; they lose a game, it's not a big deal, you know what I mean? Like they lost to they lost to the Devils the, on Saturday, and like nobody really. You know, nobody was crying about it. You know, they were like, "Hey, we got a point. Sucks we didn't win." You know, but if we play well, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? They just didn't. They didn't. They weren't bummed out about it too much. We played a good game. That's a good team. You know, we move on. So I think that there's a definite. You know, if you talk about an attitude shift, there's definitely been one in the last fifteen or sixteen games.
1: Colin, if if Igor is one of the big players, where it seems like he's becoming a little bit more like last year, Igor. Is there a skater that has stepped up in your eyes the last fifteen or so games that has helped make a big difference?
2: Um that's that's a little bit um that's a little trickier because I think there's more than one. I think Keandre um has really stepped it up. I mean that that goal that he scored where he's going in on a breakaway, he gets tripped, falls down, gets up, and he scores anyway. Um I like that one. Oh, come cool. on, wow,
0: come on. That's the goal of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: That was cool. I you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of stuff. I've never seen a guy tripped on a breakaway, fall down, get back up and still score. I I I just I don't I don't think I've seen that. I mean, in all the years I've been watching hockey, you know. So 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 him, he's been good. Kako has been good. Um he's not a guy I'm noticing now and and I'm coming to the the conclusion. I don't know that he's going to be a high point guy. He's an eye test guy, right? Like, he's a guy that, you know, you see what he does. You see him hold the puck and possess it. You see what he does behind the net, on the boards, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't always translate to points. Like, the other day, on Saturday, um, the Kreider goal, you know, Kako started the play. But, you know, he doesn't get the second assist because he passed to Mika. Mika passed to Keandre. Keandre passed to Kreider. But Kako was the one possessing the puck, and 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 you know, he started the play by getting the puck to Mika behind the you know behind the net. So Kako's not going to be a high point guy, but he's a guy. He's an eye test guy, and he's been really really good in these last fifteen games. In particular, since they put him back on that top line, he loved being on that top line to start the season. Uh, he played his best hockey up there. I think he was a little. Um, You know, I'd say, I don't know what the word would be. I mean, a little discouraged, a little sad, whatever it was when they took him off that line. And now he's back, and now I think he's playing really, really hard. So him, and then then Phil Heedle. I mean, this is a guy who's stuck on the third line with whatever guys are not in the top six is who he plays with, right? I mean, so he's stuck with Lafreniere, who's not playing particularly well. Um, He's got Jimmy Vesey on the other side. But it's been a rotating cast of wingers for him. But he's... Primarily a third line guy, and look what he's done. He's got 11 goals, and he's missed a bunch of time with injuries. So, those you know, three guys, I would say, in the last 15 games, in particular, uh, you know, have been much more noticeable than maybe before. And you know, other guys, you know, I mean, I think Panarin's Panarin, and Mika's Mika, and Fox's Fox. Those guys have been there from day one. But in terms of guys who've been more visible in the last 15 or 16 games, I think those are the three for me.
0: It's funny you say like Fox is Fox, and yet I think he's having his best year ever, like <laughs> as the Ranger, which makes no sense. He just somehow finds another level every single year. Um, and I, I have to imagine you have him, and we all kind of do have him as the leader of the Norris right now.
2: Um, you know, I don't know if he's the leader in the Norris because you know the guy in San Jose is scoring at a record pace. It seems like um, I can't believe you know, he's back.
0: Possibly. To be honest with you, it's it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. He was just kind of. We're all speaking, we're speaking about Eric Carlson, of course. Eric Carlson, but, right? Um, uh, I would. It, he took like two years to really fully recover his body, and now David Quinn is whispering into his ear, "Look what I did to Adam Fox. I can do this for you." And here we are. He's all the way back. <laughs> and somebody said,
2: somebody said too, and this is a a fair point, And I don't, I don't know. I'm I don't follow them enough. I see them a little bit on, you know, on the ESPN Plus sometimes after I get home, and, and the West Coast games are still on. I catch I catch a lot of those San Jose, Vancouver you know, type teams and stuff. So I've seen them, but I, I can't speak to this, but someone suggested that the fact that Brent Burns isn't there anymore, um, you know, has helped him. I don't know why that would be the case, but, you just know. Just allows him to,
0: like, just play more selfishly. Like, hey, I can, I if suppose, I do this myself, yeah. I can just yeah. go ahead. Yeah, maybe.
2: Maybe that's it. He gets all the power play time and, you know, you know, he p- plays the whole two minutes on the power play and stuff like that. So maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. Well, but, Prime Crossing is one of the best to... defenders
0: I've ever seen. He beat the Rangers on one foot. It was ob- <laughs> it was obnoxious. Like that Ottawa series lives rent free in my brain. It's disgusting.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go crazy, but you know, it's still we got a half a season to go. We'll have to see what's happening. But you can't discount that guy. He's having he's putting up too many points to be. I mean, I know the team's not good, but you know, you know, I I I think you got to look at that, especially in in terms of where he was last year and like you said, the last couple of years. So. That's probably the guy I would put in front of Fox right now. But Fox is right there. Fox is certainly in the, in the top three or top two.
1: Well, Colin, if we're talking about defenseman not currently on the New York Rangers, let me ask the question. Um, is a defenseman not currently on the New York Rangers, should that be the number one trade target that Chris Drury is eyeballing before the deadline?
2: Um, <clears throat> yes, I, I think so. I think, uh, you know, you're getting mileage out of Ben Harper in, on that third pair. and good for ben harper um but if you could if you can upgrade from there i think that would be you know that would be something that i would would be interested if if you're going to use the cap space look i mean we, we've with all the talk about you know patrick kane yeah i think that'd be great if they could get him and if they could make the numbers work and not give up too much in terms of prospects or whatever it is to get him um so yeah but but i think a more more you know if if the cost to get Patrick Kane is too much or whatever. I mean, I think you're probably best served getting, getting a a reliable left-handed D man with some size, you know, who can be an upgrade over Ben
0: Harper on that third pair. Yeah. I don't think we see Jones against this, this year in the NHL. Are you on the same page as that?
2: Uh, You know, I, you know, I don't want to say I was never a fan of his, but I, you know, I I thought he got exposed for being really too small um, for the role that he was in. Like, you know, he can't be your third pair left defenseman playing with Schneider. He's He's just too small. Um, I think you need a bigger guy. You need a guy who's going to stay home. Um, I I wouldn't write Jones off in terms of, because I think, you know, he might be able to play in the league and, you know, in the event that there's an injury or something, you know, he might be a kid who gets called up and, you know, but I just think as that third pair lefty, I, I don't think that he fits in that. Like, you know, I think he's a guy, if he's not, playing power play for you which he wasn't Mm -hmm. then why why do you have him here you know what i mean um he is he is insurance against anything you know god forbid happening to adam fox right so let's hope nothing happens to adam fox
0: but even if something happened to adam fox let's be realistic well they they would they would play jacob truba on power play one like that would probably yeah Jones, jones wouldn't go up
2: yeah, but, but then maybe Jones would be on Power Play 2. Or well, Keanu, so, he, so might get his 20 Power seconds. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you notice, too, like, you know, you know, me and uh, Vince McCogliano was saying to me the other day, you notice that the first guy to change off Power Play 1 is always Fox. Yeah, that's fair. You know, when, you know, Fox is the one that's off first and Shruba comes on, so, like, then if – Panarin and <laughs> Mika don't want to change you know it's 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 Truba with with the rest of them so well,
0: Fox is smart he's playing 28 minutes a game he's trying to find any time he can to rest um, yeah, you...
2: yeah and, and that's the way it has to be for him I mean, he's got to be efficient he's got to be smart about it he is one of the smartest guys you know I've seen like in just the way he plays the game he's so efficient I mean he can handle a lot of heavy minutes because He's smart about it. Like he's not dropping down to block shots. He blocks shots with a stick blade. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's just a, he's a smart guy and he gets it done with his brain.
0: He never looks exhausted. He never looks like he's exerting himself it's right. actually unbelievable like, right. <laughs> we're, we're 30 minutes into a game it's just he's out there just gliding along it's always his positioning is always perfect he's never exactly never getting caught otherwise um just a quick follow-up on that because what we talked about Jones kind of reminds me a little bit of Lafreniere and well it's also reminds me of Niels and the reason they traded Niels at least in my opinion is because Niels ran a power play he was really good at that and he was never going to have that in with Adam Fox around that was his his number one ability he's like hey I'm an offensive defenseman Fox has taken my spot great got it same thing with Jones kind of with you I know it's a little like uh, anti-stat head to be like we need a bigger left-hand defenseman but you're right he's like that's what Jones does he runs a power play Lafreniere Lafreniere at least in my opinion is like a suitable for the top six like should be on a power play situation but just doesn't get that kind of time and I'm not I'm not I'm not dogging Lafreniere at all especially haven't been this season but he hasn't I thought Saturday he played a good game, but otherwise I, I agree with you. He's been a little lackluster. Do you think that lack of opportunity is sort of getting to him at this point?
2: Uh, Maybe, but he would have more opportunity if he played the other side, right? So this whole, you know, he's a left wing and he's not going to switch to the right wing thing. I mean, I don't know who, I don't know who that's, that's, is primarily responsible for that. I don't know if that's, you know, the coach that says I don't like him on the right. I don't know if it's him that maybe isn't doing certain things on the right that, you know, that, that the coach wants. I I don't know what the story is with that. But, you know, you got to think that he looked pretty good. He had 19 goals last year, uh, and most of them were scored playing on the right side of the top line, right? Uh, mm-hmm. or, or a good number of them anyway. Um, so I, I'd like to see him try the right. Now, all of that said, you know, you do have Kravtsov, who's, you know, the coach seems to like him. On that line with Panarin, so you know, for now, I guess Kraftsoff is there, and, and Lafreniere has to play on a third line. Um, but the coach too, like you know, he can give the third line more ice time, you know. And, and and with all the line switching he did and everything, the one line that really got people excited was that um, Lafreniere Zabanjad Kako line. Remember that? Wouldn't yeah, have that there, it's for one ice.
0: If if Gallant doesn't make that line, he I don't think he's the coach right now. I think he might get fired that night if he doesn't make that line that night. That was a
2: that was an interesting line, right? We all liked that. And they had you know they played what parts of three games together. I think he threw them together in the third period of the one game, and then they ended up winning that game. And then they played the next game, and then he broke them up the, the game after that. Um, and he put the kid line back together. Mm-hmm. So I you know, I don't know. I mean, I I think I would like to see that. Because I, you know, here's the thing. I really liked that line with Kreider and and uh and Trochek. Me and too. Peter. I like that line a lot. Um <clears throat> But then, you know, if you if you keep that those guys together, you know, Mika can play with whoever you want, but then who plays with Panarin, right? So it's gotta be Heedel and I don't know. So I think we're stuck with these lines for, for the next little while, right? I mean, I think the, the top line's okay. I think we're going to stay with Trocek and Panarin and probably Kravtsov on the right side. And then I, I think the third line is what it is. Um, But it, he's not, you know, he's going to change these at some point because I think he wants to get Goudreau up in the top nine. So Ugh. he's going to well, have to figure out something to get him in the top nine somehow.
1: Let's put Let's put a pin in that. I want to circle back to it. But since we're... Circling around the topic of Lafreniere, uh, give us your take on the scratch heard around the world. (laughs) I, I, you know,
2: I obviously had no problem with it. The guy wasn't doing anything for a time. Um, And, you know, it it really is a puzzling thing because I was saying to, you know, I was saying to Molly Walker, I mean, he just can't not be good, right? He couldn't have done what he did in junior without being good. So I just don't. I don't understand what's going on. And, you know, to your point earlier, Ryan, I, you know, with, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the opportunity, maybe it's the ice time. I don't know what it is, um, but he's just not really dynamic. He's certainly not the player he was uh, in the playoffs um, and toward the end of, you know, the second half of last season. Remember, you know, he got scratched in one game and came back and scored two goals and you know, did that crazy behind the, you know, whatever he did against Detroit, at, Detroit. that second one.
0: His only um, real big time goal for the New York Rangers. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but he did get 19 of them. So I, I feel like there's potential there for him to be a good player. Now, is he going to be a 50-goal scorer? Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to do that. You know, I I, I, I don't know. He's, he's in his third season, but the first year was a COVID year, 56 games. You know, they played intra-division only, so it's really hard to count that. I really kind of look at last year as his rookie year. Um, and then, you know, but this year, I think he's been a disappointment. There's no question about it. But but what the problem is, I can't put my finger on it. I, I, I just don't know.
1: All right, let's, let's talk Barclay Goodrow. What is it about Goodrow that, um, I guess, Gallant just feels super comfortable with him? He I think that's probably him. the best way to go about it. He loves him. He loves him. Um, we were talking about him today. He was,
2: you know, he's, you know, basically he said uh, that, you know, when he cuts down to three lines, he's got to get, you know, he's got to get uh, Goudreau in there somehow. When he cuts down to, you know, when he's playing, in, he said, you know, if, if he's trying to hold the lead, um, <clears throat> Goudreau is in his top six. So that's where, you know, Goudreau goes in and, and Kraftsoft comes out. So that's fine. Um, but I think it's you know for me it's fine, right? You know the guy starts the game on the fourth line, and you know if you're if you're holding a one goal lead in the third period, and you want to you know you want to put him up there and, and craft soft spot, I'm okay with that. Um, but uh, you know I guess he's not getting enough ice time, and the coach really likes him. What does he do? He's versatile. He can win faceoffs. Um, you know he's he's gritty. He's tough. You know I think he leads the team in fights. The last I checked um Good so, yeah 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 wow I, so I feel like I feel too.
0: like I haven't seen Goodroll fight this year I maybe oh, I'm no. crazy.
2: yeah well so Truba's had more spectacular fights but That's this true. guy's had more fights I think huh um yeah look it up but I, I'm oh, pretty sure he does um but anyway so I mean he just he's like that all-around guy who's not great at any one thing but he's okay at enough things and, you know, especially he's responsible defensively, which, you know, which is a big thing for Gallant. Um, he was talking today about, you know, the the Trocek-Panarin line. And, you know, it's still not what he would like. I mean, you know, he needs those two guys to play together, but he's still uncomfortable with how many, you know, how many uh, scoring chances, good scoring chances they give up. And as he said, you know, you you know, I want I want you guys to get scoring chances, but if you're getting five and giving up six, then that's not what we want. So, I mean, you know, defensively responsible is something that's very important to him and probably every coach, you know. I mean, and so that's why he likes he likes Goodrell. Plus, you know, not to, you know. Not to be uh, dope about this, but he has won two cups, so so he's kind of a winner. Got, got the so, rings,
0: like that. I mean, he also had a, a but, tremendous organization and great players around him, but he does have the rings. But
1: yeah, he's got, got the rings,
0: Colin. So, my, so here's here's my pushback. All right, uh, instead yeah. of instead
1: of arguing about um, why the coach would want a defensively responsible, quote unquote, safe forward in his top six and top nine when the game's on the line, fine, I can admit defeat to that. My real question is if that's the goal that's the player we want to identify and right. we want that player playing crunch time minutes in place of Vitaly Kravtsov in the top six what's the reason it's not Jimmy VC, who's having just an all-around better year
2: I think he likes VC also I, I think he likes VC also but right now VC is playing on the third line so Vesey's probably getting more ice time that is you know Goudreau um they play together on the PK, so I mean, he's, you know, they're getting those minutes together, and probably the third line gets more minutes than the fourth line. So I think he's looking for a way to get more ice time for Goudreau. And then the other thing, the one thing that that Goudreau does that VC doesn't do, well, there's two things. The fighting is one of them, which is not a a huge thing, but the, the face offs or something that that Goudreau does that VC doesn't do. And and you know, Goudreau is probably better in front of the net too than than is VC. So yeah, I mean, he likes VC a lot. But I think he likes Goudreau a little bit more. Plus, he knows him a little longer.
0: Were you surprised that Jimmy Vesey took that contract?
2: Uh, I'm not surprised he took it, no. Um, But I do think he, you know, he could have done better for himself. And when I look at that kind of money, it seems like, you know, maybe somebody out there might have given him more. But, you know, uh, I think he's one of the – he went to Harvard, so he's a smart guy, right? and I think he's one of these guys who who gets it in a way that maybe some other people don't get. Like, he's happy here. And, you know, and he was he was not happy in those two summers when, when he didn't have a contract and he had to sign a PTO. So, you know, he's leaving money on the table for security and, you know, he knows he's going to be in a place where he's happy. So, you know, good for him. But I, you know, and I, you know what, like... I gotta think if it was me, I might have done the same thing. But I, you know, certainly not everybody would have done the same thing.
0: Well, you, uh, there are plenty of athletes that have good half-first seasons in every sport, right? Where it's right. like, okay, I, I, I can think of like what, what's a good one? Phil Hughes, I think he won like 19 games with the Yankees one season as a as a starter. And I mean, he went on to get like single-year contracts from the Twins and other places. Where I, I believe he broke the record for walks ever issued. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I am, I have, uh, but you get That's it. like you there want are, to have there, sure, yeah. There are there are players that go out there and, and, like, have great first half seasons, and then they don't get contracts in the second. Like, there's just, there's plenty of examples like that. So VC to cash in to have two more years of security. But if he plays at this level for the Rangers for the next two years, even if he wave, like goes up and down, like, who cares? It's like, like, such a good contract. It's and a it's,
2: bargain. It's a it's, very it's so team-friendly, team-friendly deal. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. It's a good job by, by Drury to get him um, locked up for that, that kind of money. I mean, I don't know. Right now he's on a third line, which probably seems maybe about right. Maybe he's a fourth line guy, um, depending on you know how you upgrade the roster. I don't know, um, but that does seem like a, a a good deal for the Rangers.
0: My final question is: How do you see this this Metro play out? Because there sure. are five teams that are absolutely. I don't know. I don't want to say dominant, but there, there's going to be a fight to the end. I, yeah. The, Island, the Islanders aren't going anywhere. The Devils clearly aren't going anywhere, and the Capitals just got Backstrom back, right? And Wilson, right? Right. Jesus, I, can't, I mean, <laughs> that's not good for us.
2: Um, and then you know, listen, the Penguins still have Crosby and Malkin. I mean, you know, I I keep waiting for both the Penguins and the Capitals to go away. And they keep not going away. I mean, I thought for all the world that Washington was done this year. I figured we'd be sitting around waiting for Ovechkin to to pass Gordie Howe, and that would be it. And, you know, we'd just, you know, be the Ovi meter and just count the goals and stuff. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're better than I thought, right? And the Devils are here before most of us thought they'd be here, right? I mean, we knew they were coming. We knew they were going to be good. We knew Jack Hughes was going to be good. I didn't realize, you know, he's going to be a hundred, a fifty goal, hundred point guy, which is what he's on pace for. Um, And they're in there. Their goaltending was a mess last year, and it seems to have stabilized with with Vitek Vanacek of all people. So, um, the Devils and and Washington Capitals are the two teams that kind of are, you know, the flies in the ointment, as it were. Because I think we all knew Carolina, the Rangers, um, and then. We did, and we knew the Islanders would be there. We figured once Pittsburgh resigned Malkin, that they were probably going to be around. Um, but I didn't think that the Devils were going to be as good as they are, and I for sure didn't think Washington was going to be as good as they are. And one of those teams is not going to make the playoffs. At least, It Might, right? it might
0: be two. So actually, there's a big wrinkle in this whole mathematical equation: is that the Buffalo Sabers, and I cannot yeah. believe I'm, I cannot believe I'm telling you this, <laughs> have, have have only played 37 games. Yeah. Reminder, the Rangers have played forty-one. We're halfway through with them. Right. And think well, played forty-three, by the way. Yes, and the Sabres are at forty-two points. And they have an MVP caliber player. Connor McDavid didn't exist in Tage Thompson. So I don't know what's happening. It's like the I, East is so strong.
2: Well, we 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 certainly we knew Buffalo was gonna be better. We knew Detroit was gonna be better. We expected Ottawa to be better. We expected New Jersey to be better. We knew that all of those teams were gonna be better than they were last year. Um and and this is actually kind of cool. You know, I still do believe that the Rangers will be okay. I believe that they'll be there at the end, because in the end, the Rangers have the best goalie out of all of those. Um and they've got Adam Fox, right? Nobody else has Igor nobody else has Adam Fox. So I, I feel like the Rangers, you know, when all said and done are gonna be there. But, you know, it's not a lock, not with you know what these other teams are doing. So I don't know. It's Stay tuned, I suppose. I mean, you know, this is this is what the league wants, right?
0: This is the first time, I think, since we've been covering the league where it's been like last year the, the playoffs was decided January 1st. Like yeah. We were like, all right, let's start the East. This year it's going to go down to the last week, and I, I can't see it be, any other way.
2: It's going to be down to the last week, and, and I'm excited. You know, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm excited. I, I'm hoping that all three of our teams get in, right? I'm hoping Devils and Islanders and Rangers all get in. Um, Whoa, because the first the first would round good. would
0: be insane, Colin. Yeah, like oh my god,
2: that would <sighs> be cool. So let's do that. I'm 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 signing up for that now.
0: Uh, Ra- uh, Rangers Islanders or Rangers Devils first or second round would break like totally break New York sports. Needs needs to happen. Gregory. It needs to
2: happen, right? It does. We, we
0: need it. It's been too long, Colin. Yeah. The, I mean, these on, so the
2: rangers were in last year and the islanders didn't make it because they had all those injuries the two years before was the islanders and not the rangers uh, you know let's let's have it let's let's have them all battling it out seven game series you know and like all the islander fans are complaining that all oh, they only got to see the rangers three times well
0: let's how about seven more times that'd be great please greg any questions for our dear guest before we, we let him go
1: uh i guess i'll, I'll end on this note just Uh, It was a 2-0-1 week for the Rangers. So five points out of six. But it just seems like every time the Rangers have one of these weeks that if you go big picture, it seems successful. But in the immediate macro, you can only think of the last game in which the Rangers blow a two-goal lead against the Devils and leave a point on the table. Uh, Are we allowed to look at last week as good for business, a win over Montreal? They had to beat um, a win over the Hurricanes, and they had to beat Montreal. And then they got a point on the road against the devils in theory that should be good why doesn't it feel good
2: uh i think because the devils you're realizing uh you you can't they're not going away i think that jack hughes is a problem and and the rangers don't have a solution for that problem and and the solution had been well their goaltending's not any good but if their goaltending's is going to hold up then, you know, then they're going to be a problem. So, yes, that's 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 a reality that we we now have, you know, that's a reality we have to deal with. But, it, you know, I, I'm a big-picture guy, so I would look at 2-0-1 as a good week. Uh, I I do look at, you know, look, they beating Carolina and ending their win streak was impressive, and I was more impressed by the fact that they took care of business against Montreal because they easily could have played down to Montreal's level and you know done who knows what and here's the other thing that i like is now that yaroslav halak and you remember how poorly he had started off the season now he becomes a guy who okay maybe you can trust him against a bad team right because remember there was a time when he got his ass kicked by columbus and you know he was oh whatever and one and you know we just couldn't He was five and one he started off right Yep, and now really bad. uh now he's four, six and one. So now he's, now they can trust him, you know, okay, we, we can play you against Montreal, you know, we can play you against Philadelphia and, you know, we can give Igor a blow those nights. And I think that's going to be a good thing. So I think overall, yes, one is uh is a good thing, but yeah, no, I, I totally am with you. It's a, it's a bad taste in your mouth that, that the, you know, the last one was against New Jersey and you did blow a two-goal lead in the third period. That's that's obviously not what you want.
0: Colin, why don't you go ahead and plug everything you do at Newsday and everything else?
2: I don't really do much at Newsday. I just cover the Rangers and you can you can check <laughs> me out, uh, you know, at newsdaysports.com. And then, you know, also, you know, follow me on Twitter because I'm funny and it's Colin I, at Newsday. I,
0: I do retweet Colin a lot, so it's very <laughs> easy to find him on my timeline. So, Colin, thank can't thank you enough. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Hey, call me again, man. It can't Wait. be three years before we talk well, Fine, we'll call you. We'll
0: call you, Kyle. <laughs> All right, man. All right, talk to you, you soon. All right, it's the end of the show. So you know what I do here? I name every single person who's an NHL Insiders Club member. That's right. I have to tell you, there's been some memorable moments in the NHL Insiders Club recently, including two new friends meeting each other randomly at a club. Congratulations to them. <laughs> no names named. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam, actually, all names named? Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Curtulo, Adam Linder, Adam Keach, Alex Flynn, Alex Gartner, Andrew Ronner, Anthony Terragata, Ben Water, Ben Weber, ben, Bill Rattel, Brandon Lackos, Brandon Magnum, Brett Granger, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Chris Finelli, Chris Haru, CJ Selwagon, Conor P. Damage, Daniel Dezen, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garrett Reynas, Kip Gardner, Cup, Garrett. Garrett Guts can be fly. Harrison Haskell, Hippie hip, Ninety Nine. Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, James Masker, Jerry Marquez, J.D. John Jacques, Francois Jean Jean. It's always fun saying that one. Jimmy Mac, John Hardy, John Fay, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kesten, Bob Christian, Florida, Christoph Burke, Kyle Franklin, Lasik Gronowski. I have to practice again. Lebor Skayak, Lebor. So the All Star Game, you're saying? Hashtag NHL All Star Game, Lebor Hayak? Lou Giordano, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Klein, Meatball the Cat, Mike Buckle, and Nate Hanafi. Hannafie? I always fuck this one up. Neil Grover, Nicholas Nicola Pascal Perrier, pa- Paul J. Smith, Pavel Kodurev, PJ pa- Sisparo, Pro World X Gamer, Randy Tesser. Ryan still has not watched Miracles, still true, somehow. I don't know how it is. Stig Bach, Swaggart, Tommy Walsh, Tommy Sinclair, Tom Rich Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Toro from Manhattan, Upstate Van, Vinny Hay, Will Specter, and Winston. The Golden Retriever, bark, 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 bark. bark. All right, not my fastest time ever, minute and thirty. Done better, but thank you to everybody who supports the show. It is a pleasure to have you, and we couldn't do the show without you. Truly, we could not. Um, interesting couple games coming up. It is a easy stretch for the New York Rangers. I probably talked about this in the show. I am recording this beforehand. Please do not judge me, but I get a little bit worried about the easy stretches because I was super harping on Devils, Carolina, and uh, and uh, and even like the hurt, not the hurricanes. Uh, the Hurricanes are not Carolina, by the way. And the Canadians. The Canadians were the easy game in that schedule. But though that six-game stretch against playoff teams and the Canadians, not easy. Rangers found a way to get points out of this, almost all of them. And now they're heading to a stretch where it's like, every team they should kind of beat, things are kind of coming together. Gallant's keeping the lines together. Despite everything, I, I'm very not happy with Gallant generally, which is maybe I'm being a little bit petty on my end, but so is he. So if he's petty, I can be too. So stay tuned. Uh, We'll be back with BSBOT later this week. And we'll see you guys there. Love you guys. Bye.